0: Welcome to the Weekly Game 7. Uh, this is a new basketball podcast that goes over the NBA's news, players, teams, rumors, and and much more. Um, my name is Alex Adams, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Kamal. How are you doing, Kamal?
1: Howdy. I'm doing great. I'm doing lovely. Uh, I'll give a brief explanation of the kind of format we're running here. Basically, it'll be seven games, just like a playoff series. Uh, topics are arranged in order of... The importance that we have decided to give based on our own childish whims and going in ascending order from game one least important topic in our opinion but still deserves to be discussed up to game seven most pressing issues you know things that are either extremely relevant right now or just the big the big story at the moment um and yeah that's pretty much going to be it um we will usually try and keep the later topics to more X's and O's, uh, mm-hmm. but in general, yeah,
0: that's that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, so, and and we'll also have some kind of uh, you know end of segment uh, things too. It's not just confined to the seven topics we pick. Um, exactly. And if any listeners have anything they want to talk about, uh, please DM me or Kamal, I guess as well. Um, mm-hmm. But it should be a really fun podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I really <laughs> like the the premise of the weekly. Um, the weekly game seven and, and going over things and uh, there's a lot to talk about especially in the NBA coming around to the trade deadline and, and a lot of uh, you know teams in flux but also a lot of good teams out there right now so um, okay. do you want to start it off
1: yeah yeah we can jump right into game one topic which is uh, just a general discussion about how dysfunctional a team the Lakers have been this year mm-hmm. um, in a similar way to I find like the the old Cavs team pre pre trade deadline when he flipped half the team into a championship <laughs> LeBron. team on yeah Braun yeah yeah the, the Cleveland roster I think that was in 2018 yep yep um where, where that whole overhaul happened um especially like I don't know if you watched the game last night against the Knicks I watched some of it I watched some of it oh boy bro that was that was an experience to watch yeah.
0: I just saw RJ Barrett going off and got me excited, and then and then I checked the box score. I saw the first half and then saw the end. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm 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 loving RJ Barrett's development. I'm I'm happy to see him kind of grow into a role, and I'm hoping Tibbs starts to give him more more touches as Julius Randle turns out to be a, a tin pot superstar. Um, <laughs> let's 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 talk Lakers. So, I mean, it was bizarre last night. Like I was watching the game and it was. I've never seen the fans trying to coach a player. And yet (laughs) that's what was happening with Russell Westbrook. Like Lakers were up like 103.97 after like taking Mm. the lead near the end. And Russ was gonna take one of his terrible early shot clock threes, and the fans were begging him. Like you could hear (laughs) the fans like yelling, no. And then he still shot and bricked the three. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was like, man. Like, fans boo players when they do something bad, and he did get booed
0: earlier on in the game. Oh, my God. But... I just I just saw a stat line from last night. Just for the listeners, he had five points. He shot one of ten, three of seven from the free throw line, and four turnovers. Yeah, so, Yeah. He's... Yeah, I mean, he didn't play in overtime.
1: Like, if yeah. that isn't the clearest indication of where Russell Westbrook stands in terms of the depth chart, the dude <laughs>
0: – yeah. No, no. I, I just want to take a, a little bit like we can go into the like nitty gritty about the stats yeah. a little bit. But I, yeah. I think, you know, a big problem with this team is 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 um is the GM and, and the decisions. And you can obviously, you know, LeBron wanted Russ there so you can blame LeBron, I think is, a you know, a valid argument. But this team just has no depth. Malik Monk's a good player. I like him. He's been playing really well, been shooting well, but. He's basically your third best player. And this guy couldn't even get a, you know, a contract out of, you know, Charlotte, who's a good team. But, you know, they, they could they definitely afford to give yeah, Malik right? Mike a contract. And, and, you know, you look at Russell Westbrook and he's just been absolutely atrocious. He does not rotate on defense, doesn't try very hard, even on ball. He's not he's not a good defender. He makes horrible decisions, especially late in games. And, you know, he just can't learn. Uh, I, I just don't think it's in him, at least not right now. And there do, isn't any indication that he's kind of learned that, hey, this is LeBron's team. He should have the ball all the time. Maybe I could cut for the first time in my whole career. Um, You know, he's still athletic. It's not as though he's lost at all and, and he can't jump or anything. It's just he's not, you know, one of the best athletes the NBA's ever seen. And um, obviously, AD has been looking much better, which I think means they could actually – do decent in the playoffs but i think this team's really bad they're 24th in offense this year and 14th in defense and that you'd actually think those numbers would be flipped around a little bit um just because like they have no real defensive players other than ad and maybe lebron um but yeah what were your thoughts
1: um no i mean you you really hit the nail on the head with especially with how their offensive defense is ranked i mean you can see it and I think I think their defense, their offense really took a hit because of the the like AD list stretch followed by mm-hmm. the LeBron lists, like four or five games really mm-hmm. tank their offensive rating. Um, and like you can see it in their play, like they there's a lot of freelance sets happening when mm-hmm. they when it, coming out of opportunities to try and run a play to to kind of stem the bleeding if the other team's going on like a 6-0 run or something. Okay. Um and I mean, it's really funny. LeBron pulled like the, you remember when he tweeted, like, don't f- try Stop trying to fit <laughs> out and fit in about Kevin yeah. Love. Yeah. He basically said the same shit in a postgame interview after the Knicks game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about like uh, needing to adjust and accountability and like all this type of shit. Like, so like to me, maybe it's just the narrative that has kind of clouded my judgment. But, like, it seemed to me like it was so clearly talking about Russ needing oh, to that. better adapt his game. Because, like, it's everyone keeps talking about, like, you've got the two sides of this Russ coin of, like, oh, you get what, like, what did you guys expect getting Russ? He's been the same player his whole career. And even when he moved to Houston and then he moved to the Wizards, he was still the same player. So, it's like it wasn't just OKC okay, that made him
0: that way. Like, this and, is just... And get on the decline, like it's a, it's been precipitous. Like it's not oh, yeah, as though it's a like a, a fall from grace. Like you could see it going down. Um, yeah. like this isn't like for anyone that's like, wow, Westbrook. Like, what's he doing? And like, what, what the, like, what's happening in L.A.? It's like, did you watch the last two, three seasons of Russell Westbrook? Like, you know, like so. Um, yeah,
1: which has been honestly, I'll give like something a a principle that I believe. Um, and I think has been something that has got Russ a lot of uh extra credibility when it comes to the in, like the back end side. So, like how come teams keep signing him and giving him contracts, et cetera, et cetera, is, is when you contrast him to, to his current teammate Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook is at least always available. <laughs> and that's something yeah, I don't know. that's something that's always given him that staying power, in my opinion, because usually players like Russ, who are like athleticism first, like obviously Russ is a talented playmaker and can very much run an offense at a very high level. Like you can't, you're not going to be an MVP caliber point guard in the NBA if you're not capable of running an offense. Well, Mm -hmm. but for his like raw athleticism and lack of a secondary offensive game, he's really declined very gradually, which I think is beneficial to teams trying to pick him up. Like the current Lakers team, when they thought like, Oh, we can, we need to add Russ because in my mind, when they first picked him up, the whole logic was when LeBron sits, our offense hemorrhages. Yeah. So we need someone for when LeBron sits to run the offense in a way that is at least still competent enough. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, they were going to have them like staggered minutes. But then the fact that they're running them as a five man and Russ's really like Russ's minutes without LeBron are pretty low relative to what I expected. Yeah. Uh, from when they picked him up, uh, so it's kind of odd to me. But like, I, I'm not surprised that Russ is like this. I just expected him to stop taking as many jumpers. But then, especially because this Lakers team has no spacing.
0: Yeah. Well, the, and and you know, I'll, I'll like uh, if there's more you want to add, like feel free to jump in. But like the way I see it is, it's one, you know, he still feels like he's the alpha, and you can see, it, you know, I don't think he's handling. It perfectly with getting benched but you know he's at least kind of accepting it to an extent but the problem is is that even when in houston when he played really well for that stretch it's because they made the offense geared towards him they got rid of any basically all the spacing he needed and he's you know obviously a bit you know only 31 and now he's what 33 Mm -hmm. and in in uh washington you know i think he was a bit banged up but he started the year atrociously like almost as probably worse than he's playing right now and then kind of ramped it up and they they kind of made the team more around him and Beal a bit less so. But the thing is, is that even, you know, to be kind of fair to Russ and, and again, going back to the GM is he's not playing with good players other than LeBron James really. Right. So it's, you know, you traded all your depth and you lost them in free agency with Caruso and then obviously trading KCP, Harrell and, and Kuzma. So he's not even with good players to make him better. Um, But also it's on him. Like he doesn't try, he's not, he doesn't try very uh, hard on defense. Um, He still shoots way too much. Like he should only take two jumpers a game. If that, right. Um, And just go on the pick and roll. He should cut. If he cut, he's, as you mentioned, he's so athletic. He'd get at least like four points a game by just cutting all the time. And he just doesn't, he just wants the ball. And if he's not on the ball, he just sits there and does a James Harden. So it's, it's uh I think a lot of the blames on him, but also I blame the coach, uh, not the coach, the the GM and and uh, LeBron as well. Um, and I think any, you know, anyone that thinks this is Vogel's fault is, you know, you know, he's made some mistakes, but this is not on him.
1: Yeah, definitely not. I would love to see Russ operate in like a Draymond esque role. I feel like Russ at his current stage of his career and just his his skill set, he could be like a much more offensive
0: threat version of draymond if that makes sense oh definitely I, I completely agree but it it's it's just he's always been the alpha and i think yeah. you know, that's a part of why he's been such a great player but also why kd left and and why and why he's not adjusting to this role as he's aged out and and, and also just playing with better players in him
1: Better players in, in that, that can fill his role better. Like if I'm going to, if, 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 if in a vacuum, you ask me to pick who, who I want to take a contested layup, I'm going to take LeBron over Russ or AD over Russ. So, you know, it's, it's, it makes sense, but I just think, I think, yeah, like, I think they need to have like a legit conversation about better. Like it needs to meet in the middle more. They want Russ to be something that he's never shown inklings of ever been in his career. But Russ needs to also realize that, like, like you said, like this team is not like the old constructions where it was heliocentric, where Russ was the helio mm-hmm. in this scenario. Yeah. So now he needs to realize, like, I, I really think they need to look at a more motion offense, like the Warriors used when they just had too many pieces.
0: Like, yeah, I I, I agree, but I just I just don't think they also just play. don't have good enough players and playmakers, like other than yeah, LeBron and and like and, and Russ who can play make. Even yeah, such a so many turnovers. Um, they have yeah. no one really. So, um, I, I think I think the be best somewhere. thing would be for him to be a six man. Um, but I just don't think he could he could do that. Um, so as a,
1: as a six man who comes on pretty quickly, like a like a un, like a fake six man, like Lou Will has been for yeah, when yeah. he was at the peak of his career. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, just have him come off the bench for the six man of the year award, but he's really a star, he's playing starter minutes and starter like but wrong. i don't
0: think he should be ending games for this team like I, I mean i i think he you can play him for 20 25 minutes but at the end of the game he's going to still want the ball like i i think it's all mental and and i i just don't think he has the capability to be introspective enough to to do it you know um I think like, part
1: of the problem with what you just said though like with the like cutting his minutes down and to and a more like like a a, a slightly adjusted role to kind of reduce his overall role mm-hmm. is you can't have that much contract on your bench you know but what i mean
0: but that's what they want that i i agree but you know that they did this in
1: themselves like they, they, they no, signed no. him and, and i up.
0: think look i'm like you know i'm not the biggest lebron fan i, I mean he's great but mm. you know i'm not you know an apologist and like this is on him too like he he you know went to get wine with him did the whole shebang This will change everything. And like, I don't know what he, why he was thinking that he should have seen this coming from a mile away. When the trade happened, everyone said this who was smart about basketball, right? Yeah. So I I think a lot of that there should be a significant amount of blame on LeBron because if he says, no, that's stupid, the trade doesn't happen, right? So, especially um, because um, the alternates were so much, seemed so much better. Yeah. And you could have played around with it. You have more flexibility. Like now they're, You know, the only person they can trade him for is for John Wall and then give up a pick, basically. <laughs> you know, maybe to the Knicks, which would be weird. I'd actually kind of like the trade for the Knicks. Um but who would they who would they like if Knicks are just gonna but the, the one gonna... Bobby Marks of ESPN's floated is basically you trade Fournier out, Burks and I think uh someone else or Kemba Walker and then you Dude. get And then you get, but I, for me, I just do it to get off the forney contract. You get the first round pick for the lake from the Lakers in a while. And, and then Russ, I think only has one year left. So then you can just get more cap flexibility um, going, moving forward. That's why I do it. um, And also just be fun. Like the team, you probably lose more games too. um, If you're the Knicks, so that might be better (laughs) for your, for your uh, playoff chances and stuff like that. All right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but I think I think it's probably time to move on, unless you have I any-
1: gonna, no. I was going to say let's let's move on to to game two. So game two, we wanted to just generally discuss: are the Timberwolves actually good now? Like, are they are they taking the strides in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Especially because it's interesting that they've done it in what is considered to be the classic
0: way of improving your team, which is. Mm-hmm trading Andrew Wiggins for D'Lo and giving up a top 10 pick. That's the classic way. Not yeah. Me, and, and Exactly.
1: And, <laughs> and the, but like, you know, just rebuilding being mired in the dirt and then preying on a, on a top-notch talent to fall to you in the draft, which happened to them with Anthony Edwards. Um, so yeah. Plus cat while cats numbers have only made a, a slight jump since last year, mm-hmm. if not been relatively identical, um, the methods by which he's getting those points seem a lot less hollow now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because he has a genuine partner to, to, so like when he has to be aggressive, it's to fill in the gaps after Anthony Edwards has kept them in the game. Whereas yeah. in the past cats, you know, 25 and 15 were to have the timber be down by eight rather than 25.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I definitely think a lot of it was empty calories. And, and like, for me, the biggest thing is can Cap play defense at an adequate level, right? Because he is a great offensive player, decent, like, pretty good passer. Mm-hmm. He's shooting this year 51% from the floor, 40 from three, and he shot from 40 from three many times before. But this year is, like, his third-best defensive season. But, you know, with the way scoring's gone up in the past couple of years, it's basically his best or close to it anyways, and I think that's a huge thing. He's just playing as a better like team defender. He's not going to be Joel Embiid, but I think that helps winning so much. And obviously Edwards has made a huge leap. I think he's gone up by six or seven points um, per game last year, shooting better from three to more league average um, and about like 44% from the field. So like not, you know, it's on high volume, so you have to put that into effect. But yeah, I think just, you know, they have good players too, like Vanderbilt um reed mcdaniels they're good role players and then you have those two guys and Delo has been you know doesn't it's kind of a sieve on defense but um for some reason uh, i don't really understand but his net ratings like cat like not catastrophic like is huge um it's like seven and a half which is crazy i think it's because he's with the starters a lot um, yeah
1: and and the their backup um point guard
0: yeah. So it's like his, yeah,
1: his, because it, it's it's really just an on-off.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, it is. But I just mean like Delo's even playing decently well, and and you know he, you know he has some skill. Obviously, I, I wouldn't be paying him that money. Um, but you know he's a he's you know he's an offensively gifted player. So they they have a good team. I think they're a legit playoff team now. At mm-hmm. the like they're right now ranked seventh in the West. Um, I think they're pretty. I don't think they're that far off the seed to get out of the plan. Yeah. They're only one game behind Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I could they be a a six or five seed? Maybe. Sure. Um, I don't think they're, you know, a top, top team, but are they a playoff team? Are they better than the Lakers? Probably not if AD and and LeBron are healthy, but Mm -hmm. you know, other than them, I think, you know, they're, they could beat the nuggets. They could beat. You know, decent team. So um, I think it's just good for that franchise. You know, they've only made the playoff playoffs once in like twenty years. Yeah, um, and I truly hope, a poverty franchise. Yeah, and I hope you know it's great experience for their young guys. You know, even like delo and Cat, they're not they're not young, but they're not old, right? So yeah, the F Edwards and the other guys. So I, th- I think it's good for them, and, and I'm really happy. And I think they're a good team. You know, and I really like their coach. Um, we can maybe talk about the coaching situation a bit later, but um, with regard to black coaches, but, you know, Chris Finch has been a really good coach, came from the Raptors. Um, yeah. He was only there briefly, but yeah, really good team. Or yeah. Good no, they're, they're, team. They're,
1: yeah. They're definitely like they're, they're clearly trending in the right direction now, especially like with the fact that like, if you look at their offensive and defensive rating, it's very much smack in the middle of the pack, which is, yeah. I think if I'm, if I'm the, the wolves front office, I'm very content with the direction we're trending right now. Um, I think unless they face Memphis, which is the only other really young team that's high-seeded, because yeah. um, unless they meet Memphis in the first round, I see them getting bounced pretty straightforwardly. Um, if they run into the other two top teams, so like if they run into the Warriors or the Suns, I see them getting bounced pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. But if they run into the Grizzlies or the Jazz, those are two teams who I could see them maybe pushing it and maybe ball getting bouncing. To, maybe getting to six or something like that. Getting to six and maybe even, like, with a team like Memphis that has a lot of really young players that are just really overachieving, and I don't mean that like a diss, like they're just playing well above their weight, which is a great thing, and I expect them to be able to hold on to this. Um. But you know, you, youth always ends up making some some silly mistakes come playoff time, especially with the with the tension of an extended series. You feel like you're letting it slip, so you try and overcompensate.
0: And, and the and the thing with that Memphis team is that, you know, they're so deep, right? Like, they, mm. they have basically 12, 13 guys that are rotation players on most teams. That's great for the regular season. It's not as good for the playoffs, right? Because you're only playing eight guys, right? So, so that depth doesn't really matter as much to, to, to the outcomes in the playoffs, which I think will be a, you know, will impact Memphis. Although I think they're a great, like a really, really good team. I'm not trying to, yeah. but I think they're yeah. built more for the regular season than they are for the playoffs. So I I completely agree. But yeah, I think, it, you know, Timberwolves are good and um, I'm glad for cat, you know, he's had a really tough couple of years and um, deserves yeah. to be at least on a competent team. And, yeah
1: so yeah and and i i think once anthony edwards cleans up his efficiency a little bit like he's still and he quite, has
0: he, he's got better he, this year he has he has
1: but he's still in what i consider to be like the 20 2019 2020 bradley deal camp of like you can put up an impressive like splits stat line mm-hmm. but ultimately and like what, what's more interesting to me are his high output games. So like when he has like his 40 point outings or like his 38 point outings, you know, what's his efficiency at there? Because if he can be efficient at 20, 18 to 22 points, obviously, that's fantastic. But I have higher aspirations for him.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's still so, really young. he's only yeah. 20 um, and turning 21 this year, but. Yeah, I agree, I think, but I think it's it's really in the like the upward direction. Like I think he shot about 40, 41% from the field, about 30, 32% from three and now he's shooting 44% yeah. and 36%. Yeah. So he also yeah, great sorry. splits.
1: Now, I was going to say those are those are really really healthy splits. So like I think if he can
0: hold on to these like the 44 yeah. and 36 long term. Yeah. And and the, for me, I also think an evolution with a lot of guys that are just straight scorers. I mean, he's so athletic, so I I think he can easily be at like a twenty-five to to thirty-point scorer. Um, yeah. it's also the playmaking, and and that's been all right. But you know, he still gets a lot of turnovers, which makes sense. But he, you know, um, and has decent usage. But that's kind yeah. of my evolution to see if a guy becomes really, really good. Is, yeah, sure, it's great to score twenty-seven points, but if you're taking all these shots, like, are you actually creating, you know, good offenses, right? Yeah,
1: especially especially because many players who are just pure scorers are struggle nowadays in the NBA just because when teams know that you're not going to swing it, yeah, they can respond accordingly and really stifle you and the offense as a whole because you get like what's like when when Lebr- when LeBron's on for the Lakers and you end up having just like him dribbling, waiting for something to happen and four dudes just standing around idly. Yeah. And I think Cat has been trying to help him work on that because Cat, you could see in the earlier parts of the season when people were trying to, like, sow discord amongst this young, growing team about, like, oh, does Cat even like Anthony Edwards? Yeah, he definitely does like him. But I think he was just frustrated because you see someone as talented as him making silly mistakes yeah. Um. Uh, I, and, I, I think, yeah. And kind of hogging the ball a little bit, like when Cat becomes open for cuts, or he has a mismatch, and Edwards decides to attack the mismatch for himself rather than
0: with going Cat. to the double. And
1: yeah. Yeah. If 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 they if they run a, a pick and roll and then it dies, but now Cat has Edwards' man on him, that should be an automatic dump off, and then it could be an easy flip back to Cat for or to Edwards for a three. Yeah. But instead, Edwards decides to now go into like a Chris Paul, Steph Curry type of dance with a bigger guy, which again, not a bad idea, but it's not the classically no, no, smart no. basketball play that I think Kat wants to see him pulling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know about the discord. Like I, I, I mean, I think everyone wants Kat to just go to a, like a better team so that, you know, those rumors come because they just want to prime out and put him in a good position. But yeah. Um, yeah i think this seems good and i will say just to end off i i, I think mm-hmm. uh i love anthony edwards as a quote he's great he's he's great in the media always says funny shit really like genuine so um yeah um do you want to move on to to game three yeah yeah so bouncing off
1: of edwards and just how he's been developing and stuff obviously he's in his second year now but oh, yeah yeah, but you know, talking about rookies and young players, let's let's talk
0: about this rookie class. Uh, they've been they've been fun to watch. Um, In- insane. Like for yeah. me, like I think this is one of the best draft classes. Like who knows? Maybe they a lot of these guys like, you know, fall out or or you know the guys don't reach like the other potentials. But there's like six, seven guys just playing really, really well um mm-hmm. and in the rookie years and, and super young and obviously we can we can start at the top like Mobley, Barnes, Cade have been, you know, pretty good. Mobley, especially like such mm-hmm. a good defender, almost two blocks a game, 15 and 8, um, been playing better and better. Mobley, Mobley and Giddy are in like they're my two rookie of the year
1: candidates. I like Scotty Barnes a lot, but I think he's he's still like he's he's still learning the game a little bit more than those two like I feel like Mobley and Giddy came in a little bit more like game sense ready like not not necessarily like the physical or um like you know their toolkit but more the mental side of it like I see Scotty Barnes processing a bit slower as he's on there he's still making tremendous plays when he's in rhythm and in sync with the game and the flow of it um, but I see like Mobley and Giddy are already able to bend and contort the game to better suit them and to get to exploit it in the ways that they know how.
0: No, I, um, I, 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 I've really been impressed with Giddy um, on top of obviously everyone's talked about Mobley. I think with me for those two guys, just going off your point with Mobley, he's already like an almost all NBA defender. Um, which is super rare to see out of like a, a rookie. Like you just you never see that. That's yeah, maybe the De- last place. I'm not saying you you might have the tools, right? But just to understand the game. Yeah, and, NBA NBA offenses are significantly more complicated than, than college yeah. college He's so. been an unbelievable defender. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh and and just that Cavs team went from atrocious to you know, on pace for almost 50 wins. Right. And, and obviously Garland's been really good, Allen, but that team isn't like crazy talent. Like no one would have uh, predicted that. And that's, I think a big part to Mobley also Darius Garland and, and, and Rubio before he got hurt, but with Giddy, I really like him just because, you know, that OKC team's bad. Um, other than Shea and Lou Dort, there's not a lot of good players, although there's some decent role players, um, Kenridge Williams, but, um, for me, it's more to average seven assists in the NBA in your rookie year on a really bad team. That says a lot to me. Like just for Giddy. Like you can't, he still can't really shoot.
1: Yeah, Giddy, uh, Giddy was definitely picked up as like um us like it was picked up for his, at least from my understanding. I, I don't really follow youth prospects because I find it to be way too overbearing of a system the way we currently do it, especially yeah. of how flawed it is to predict. Yeah who's going to be really good and who's going to be really bad. Um, so I kind of avoid the discussions and just wait till I can, you know, see some game footage of these people mm-hmm. actually in, in play at the, at the level that we want to compare. So, but from my understanding, Giddy was picked up because he already showed a lot of great understanding of the game and especially yeah. his playmaking showed a lot of potential to just improve his scoring. Once the scoring toolkit was added to his belt. Yeah that's assuming that he will take to it though that's, yeah, that's yeah. always the big if like I mean for me yeah
0: sorry. I was gonna say I you mean, can't you can't really teach playmaking as much though no, no 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 um like you can I think you can teach it from being a, a like not very good to okay to like good but yeah. it's hard to teach someone to be excellent right and he's just clearly already excellent uh, I just want to touch on Scotty Barnes because like I watch all the Raptors games essentially and you know mm-hmm. notice him a lot it's really weird to me because what i would have expected you know obviously raptors twitter the first two months even now um was like wow we just got like a future all-star and i still think he will be um but what you know the thing is the offense is way ahead i didn't think he'd be this kind of shooter he's not a good shooter but he can shoot and make a shot um, yeah he's only shooting about 31 percent from three but you know, and, and about 70% from the line, but that's kind of, that's better than he was in college. Mm. His defense has been underwhelming to me. He's not bad, but he gets blown by a lot. Um, He's not super kind of, you know, gets in a stance. Um, He's still a really good passer, especially in transition, and I would like them to, to do more pick and roll, but the way Siakam and, and Fred have been playing, it kind of takes that away, but mm-hmm. if his defense was really good, kind of what everyone said well you get him in the league he's a you know like elite elite defensive player almost like Mobley right yeah I'd say he's on par with Mobley I would have said just by his offensive statistics Mm -hmm. but to me his defense hasn't been nearly as good as I thought it would be Um, obviously he has the body and and, you know mindset Mm -hmm. I think but yeah um, he's definitely been you know a weak point a lot of the times for the Raptors especially kind of on pick and roll and and just moving his feet.
1: Definitely, and I think he he from from I've definitely not watched as many Raptors games as you have, but from what I've seen of him, he has a problem that we'll definitely come back to later, uh, in a in a different topic. But uh, he has a he has an issue of what I see as like my my old coach was a defensive minded coach. He was never mm-hmm. like he didn't give a shit about offense. We'll just we'll win three to nothing if that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he always talked about and really tried to beat out of us the idea of excess waste in terms of movement Mm -hmm. you know move move with purpose don't just do a lot of little minor corrections if you're expending unnecessary energy and that's what i see a bit of with scotty Barnes. like i see a lot of uh wasted gas on his defense when he he's he could just posi- it's it's yeah. less about his adjustments and more he just needs to position himself better, especially because like the, the advantage that I think Mobley has over over Barnes is Mobley has such a great balance in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Of of his like defensively, his sense is already very high. Yeah. But his ability to compensate for his deficiencies with his physical attributes is what I think really helps him a lot, and I think huh. Scotty Barnes doesn't try to find that balance as much and just wants to be the perfect defender yeah. rather than yeah. meet in the middle, which is what I think guys who really become the good defenders, like your Go Bears, like your Draymons, they recognize that, look, I'm not always going to be in the perfect position every time. I'm not going to be perfectly angling my body exactly like the fundamentals are supposed to. Mm-hmm. But I can compensate for that difference with my plus wingspan, with my higher yeah. leap, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think Scotty needs to start picking up on that and, and taking more advantage of that, especially because that's how you bait and goad players into what seems like an advantageous position. You know, yeah. dudes think they're gonna blow by Gobert every single time. And yeah, they might do it 35, 40 percent of the time. Yeah. But those other 65, 70% is Gobert blocking them from behind when they think they've gotten by him because he has such a, a long reach. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's definitely something that needs to be looked at. I'm happy that the attention's gotten off Cade a little bit. I really
0: felt bad for the guy. No, and he he's had a good, like, I think his percentages are lo- like pretty low, but kind of normal <laughs> for a rookie. Um, he's still averaging 16, 5 and 5. Like, he's a good player. He's going to be good. I, I'm not if I'm a a Pistons fan, I'm not too worried. I think he's, you know, I still think in a redraft, he's not number one anymore. Um, And he might not not. even be number two. Um, I think I'd probably still want Scotty a bit more. Um, But overall, like he, he's still playing well. He's still like putting up really good rookie numbers. Um, I think he's in a good situation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, for, you know the, the the other surprise I'd say out of this rookie class is Franz Franz Wagner. I can't say his name. Yeah. Who's averaging sixteen and five and like pretty good percentages on a really bad Orlando team. Um, Suggs hasn't been that good, but I still think he'll be a good player. Um, and and Jalen Green again hasn't been that good, but again, like you know, there's flashes of just whoa, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's Jason Tatum or that's you know like an yeah. elite, elite score. Um, but again, I think, you know, he'll be a bit, you know, and that team's really bad too and, and stuff. So yeah. I just think there's like six, seven guys, what Barnes Mobley, Giddy, K, Green, Wagner, Suggs, you know, Dasumu in, in Boston, in, in Chicago. I've I really um, and so there's just a lot of guys that have played, even Delano Banton with the Raptors. There's a lot of guys that are, you know, aren't top picks, even second round picks who have been like, Wow, that's a rotation player, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: shit. Even even like Austin Reeves as like a role player is yeah. showing like the potential to be a very useful, useful role player. player. Like the, the youth coming in this league, especially this draft class, I think it might not be as top heavy as some of the more
0: commonly referred to as like best draft classes. Ever. I think it might because I, for me, I still think Giddy Barnes Mobley Cade. And maybe even Green or Wagner could be, um, like, all NBA players. Um, yeah.
1: Maybe not um, Wagner.
0: Maybe not Wagner, but... I'm, I mean, I'm not I, so optimistic, to be
1: honest. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because, again, I'm not... Like, I try and... Ev-
0: like, I feel like development at such a young age, like these dudes no, are coming no, no. In- I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, it's for sure. For me, it's... No, I know, I know. You know it's just like, more that you, you look where at is a the lot ceiling? Of rookies and they're 20 years old and what do they look like? And then what do they look like? At, you know, we'll t- get into that with John ja Morant, Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and his third year leap. I think that's a perfect transition, but I was going to say, yeah, um, we can just look at John ja Morant. like a lot of the, you know, that's our game four topic is, is just the mm-hmm. John ja Morant leap. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you can shout out, Uh, J- is it Jay Kyle man or Kyle? Yeah. Jay Kyle man. He... Of the ringer. Yeah,
1: he put together this beautiful thing. So m- m- just to formalize, yeah, we're not, now we're at game four talking about John Morant, specifically his, you know, movement and improvement as a player year over year, now in his third year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that J. Cal man that Alex is referring to, um, if we have a link dump or something, we'll, we'll put it. But if not, it's just, uh, it's it's the, the video is talking about can a draft bust be salvaged? Um, and or can can a top tech cup can a top 10 pick be salvaged? And in that video, he shows a graphic that illustrates the leap year over year for the first three years that the last 10 years of MVPs have taken. And it is a monstrous jump. You have to hit the ground running and keep improving by monstrous jumps for three yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and that's John ja Morant is showing that exact trajectory now he is in his third year and he is about where exactly where he needs to be mm. um, when you look at just bare splits so he's his efficiency has become way better on significantly higher shooting uh, especially if you look at last year like he was his effective field goal percentage was 48.7% on 19 points now it's 52.8% on 26 and a half points mm-hmm. So he improves his efficiency while also throwing on an extra seven points, but scoring that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so the leaps necessary, you know, jaw ja has been making them and it's been great to see that the team around him has also managed to take the necessary
0: steps in their own way. No, <clears throat> I no, I completely agree. Like, and yeah. you know, I, I did a bit of research and just looked at like KD Steph Giannis Harden like it's not always year three it can be four too. And, and sometimes like, Steph got hurt in year three and then Harden was still in OKC and they made the finals and then and he still improved in his year three Um, but then year four he became an all-star in, in, in Houston but I completely agree like it it, it that's for me, I, I see it as less, you know, I mean, I think the, you know, it's a good argument by comment. I think it's more the steady improvement. Right. And yeah. you might see one year where you get, you know, way higher um, than the others, you know, and, and not every rookie is the same age too. Right. Um, yeah. But I think overall he's definitely on the right trajectory to be, you know, I think for me, he's, he's at least a top three MVP candidate, especially assuming, like Memphis stays really good. And and you look at it, he's shooting better from three, almost 50% from the floor, um, Mm -hmm. which is a really good number, 26 and seven and six, you know, um, and you know, he's shoot, he's has about 20 field goals a game, but it's not like he's, he's, you know, taking all their shots. It's a pretty equal opportunity offense. Right. And to me, as much as it is how talented he is, because he's super duper talented, it's how much of a good teammate he is, right? And I think that's why they're winning just as much, right? Because he always shouts out to his other teammates, you know. Um, you can just tell they really like each other, and it's a very conducive environment. And he's never all me, 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 which you can see a lot with young players. So I think he deserves a lot, a lot of credit for that team. And obviously, there's other guys on the team that are playing really well. Jaron Jackson's been really good this year. But I think for me, he's definitely probably going to win an mvp um or at least be like top five for 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 the next like decade or so um mm-hmm. I think that talented i think for me it's more the defensive end which he's taken some strides in but if he can just be a, a good defender yeah
1: neutral neutral defenders yeah. i think all we need because he's he makes his money on offense not yeah on and obviously
0: if you have that usage rate you're going to be tired for defense so i'm not going to didn't yeah, expect know. him to to, yeah. to
1: dominate on both ends. But you need to you need to justify you need to have your defense be passable enough to justify keeping you on the court late. Um mm-hmm. like obviously like Shaq talks about this when it comes to his free throws, for example, you know, like he was he he knew he had to compensate for the fact that he was such a terrible free throw shooter because otherwise he would not be on the court last last couple of possessions. Or get the ball at all,
0: even really. Exactly.
1: So like yeah. the same thing applies to Jaw like as long as his defense it's currently passable enough given his age but I think in in the next 2 maybe 3 years we're going to start seeing the conversation start to tilt a little bit towards pessimism not pessimism but sort of like cynicism towards Jaw in yeah, that if which I think is necessary like as a player develops the expectations change but I think you're absolutely right like the defense will be the final like deciding factor of if he can maintain true mvp conversation status or just become the yeah. next type
0: like bradley beal type you know well, where or even james harden i mean he won't you know different player but in the sense yeah. of he's great but also there's a limit right exactly like, right and um yeah no i, I definitely agree like uh, we won't really get in too much to the mvp i think we'll leave that for a bit later um yeah. in terms of just the odds and everything but i i, yeah. I definitely agree I, i'm really impressed with them and I really like it, you know. Like I like it when small markets do well, especially Memphis. Like they've, you know, they had those those really good but really kind of stagnant teams with Marcus Allen. Yeah, the you know, grid and, and grind Jackson. era. Yeah, right. And and now they have a super exciting young player. you know. And and that's the really whole team. Is,
1: the whole team that's like doing well is really young. Like between yeah. Jaw, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., those are three dudes who are carrying a significant load of the offense and defense and all three of them are under the age of 25.
0: And Zyra Williams has been kind of yeah. a good young player they picked this year that, you know, uh, yeah. wasn't, was kind of a flyer. So, yeah. Um, I mean, and Dylan Brooks is pretty young as well. I love um, Dylan Brooks. He's, he, yeah. he's not super young, but he's still like he's 26. 26. He's 26. Yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. But he's yeah. a good defender, really good defender. So that'll, that'll only help that team. Um, exactly. Do you want to move on to, to game five or is there another? Yeah. Story?
1: No, I'm, I think that's pretty much it. I think, um, like as long as as long as Jaw's team stays competitive this is something that's always annoying, but it's also kind of I get it, like your record affects the MVP conversation. And so I'm glad that Memphis is also doing really well so that people really just appreciate how good John Morant has been this year and how well he's developed over the past couple of years. Yeah, Because I know that if Memphis was if their record was flipped, you know, they weren't uh what are they? They're they're 37 18. Yeah, yeah I if think they were 18 it, it, and 37. <laughs> and third best record in the league, right? So exactly. So I think the fact that they're they're playing so well, uh kind of is is showing people like, no, he's not just putting up empty stats,
0: but rather he's really contributing to winning offense yeah. and to winning basketball, which and that was a slight, great. right? Because they went on a run without him and 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 God, oh,
1: that's defense. so stupid
0: and his defense was really bad and and their defense was really bad and basically since he got hurt they played started playing better defense and then continued it when he came back in the lineup so um this, I'm is, so funny.
1: this is so funny just like on a on a slight like side note in, about Memphis other than Kyle Anderson and Steven Adams nobody on the team has been tenured for longer than like in the NBA has been in the league longer than six years which is Tyus Jones. Like everybody else is like one, two, three
0: years, which is crazy. It it does like it does remind me this team a little bit. Although I think it also really depends on how good uh, Jaron Jackson is, and I I believe Desmond Bain's gonna be a really good player. But is he really gonna be? I don't think he'll Mm -hmm. be an all star. But um, how the development of Jaron Jackson Jr. is, but it reminds me of those OKC teams and the
1: yeah. I don't know. I think. I was never sold on JJJ as, like, when he first came into the league, people were going to be like, oh, this is the next fucking big deal center. And I was like, yeah. nah, he's he's not. He's going to be, like, a very middle-tier center, which always ends up being a very premium player because good, like, halfway decent centers are always such mm-hmm. a rarity in the league. Mm-hmm. So he'll always have a place, but I never expected him to be, like, a, you know, a, a, like a cat or an Embiid-level player when that's what people seem to expect out of him early on.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I thought it was unfair. I I think for him, he, he's that kind of multiple time all-star, but not perennial. Um, That's the way I kind of see it is, um, you know, he's still really young. I think he was the youngest player in his draft class. I'll, I'll tech check, but um, he's younger than us. (laughs) He's only 22. So he's still like a young guy, but um, there's not a lot of comparables to that kind of player in the NBA. Like, almost a bonus i mean they play differently but that kind of player but probably a bit better um yeah. but kind of a power forward center tweener kind of thing but yeah. maybe 20 and 10 and, and he's played really good defense um this year um and i think that's where that, he's
1: gonna end up making his money long and that's and that's an where an he
0: wasn't always playing like he had flashes but he wasn't consistent so i think that's also a huge reason for, for yeah him. anyways if you're a houston a houston fan if you're a Memphis fan, uh, the future is bright and hopefully they can at least win a round or two in the playoffs and, and go from there.
1: I can see them. I, I honestly I'm if I was betting on the NBA this year, I would put money down on them making it out of the first round this year.
0: Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I am confident in them. So. I think so too. Um, yeah. I'd feel bad if they played the Lakers or, or a team like that or they just, have, you know, I don't know if they'd beat the Lakers just because, you know, AD and LeBron, but I'd hope they yeah. would. Um, yeah. Shut up, Lakers fans! So, um, true. Let's let's go to Game Five. Uh, yeah.
1: Has Has Phoenix made the final jump? They were there are current NBA runners up, and boy, are they playing like it this year? As in, they seem pissed <laughs> that they were only runners up last year. So, um, like so this this has been one of the most surgically quiet insane seasons by a team
0: in a a while uh in my opinion uh, no definitely like they're on pace for 66 wins um which is crazy no team (laughs) has done i think got to that since the houston um james harden that year they almost beat uh golden state had over 65 wins um now who knows if that that's the case yeah but but even if if you're projected like the fact that your projections are that high like memphis is projected at 44 and if you look at teams that win that many games it's almost always they win the title it's like you're basically seven out of ten you make it uh you win it um now i don't know if that will be the case but Mm -hmm. for me the way i always think about it is you want to be top five or ten in in defense and offense and you know, I ran I ran the stats and and from the past ten years, and only two teams have won the um, championship without being top ten in both defense and offense. And those were kind of off years, and even then, they were like eleventh or twelfth in in one of the categories. Um, yeah. And especially, most of them are top five in both. And they're right now second in defense, third in offense. And that's just that's how you know you're a championship level team and, and I think they're better than last year. And last year they were about fifth and seventh. So you can see a, you know, a significant improvement and it makes sense, right? You know, obviously CP three is getting a bit older, you know, a, you know, another year, but Aiden and Bridges and Booker are only getting more into their prime and Booker has been really good, played really good defense, which wasn't really always, um, you know, was always a bit of a knock on him. So I, I think they've made the jump now, who knows if they win, um, but I think they're a better team than they were last year.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think they're much more um, balanced attack this year. Like they really flowed through, like they lived and died by Booker and Aiton. But I think Bridges really coming into his own and Crowder finding a bit more consistency this year, relative to last year, has really helped them like flatten out the parabola a little bit in terms of where the scoring is focused Chris Paul continues to age like the world's finest wine it's kind of (laughs) jarring how like like I remember when there was a stretch there where Aiton and Javel were both iffy and so Bismack Biombo was really getting minutes and I was like bro is Chris Paul really about to get Bismack Biombo like another 10 million dollar contract out of nowhere and he he basically has because I think he's still yeah he's still on the team yeah they I think they they like actualized his deal yeah 10 day to like a full contract for the rest of the season which again like dude what bismack beyond like how the hell is he doing this so you know chris paul chris paul's ability to especially he's a master of like energy conservation like the dude just turns it on in the last eight minutes of the game Mm -hmm. and he looks he looks like a 32 year old top tier point guard all over again um Bridges being able to really carry the load when Chris Paul sits as well has become has been really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously he's no Chris Paul when it comes to like bending an offense to better suit his own teammates, but I think he's really coming into his own as like a a secondary point guard. And I think when Chris Paul eventually hangs it up or retires or really moves to a more bench role, Bridges is really set up to to take over in a very nice way, especially because he's a, he's a forward. So that gives you as a team, it gives you such flexibility to run longer lineups that can really make hell for, for defenses. But then if they're competent offensively and can make it work, it's, it's really a disaster to try and deal with. Um, And I don't see any, I don't see any matchup issues for them really either. Like they're not so deficient at any point that like no, i think maybe,
0: maybe a backup guard um just for cp but again it doesn't matter as much in the playoffs um although maybe just another kind of decent player but they have some you know yeah durability will then become the question like chris, yeah. chris Paul, and chris that's, Paul that's is... and i hope that that's what they do is kind of don't really care about the seed just you know and home court matters less and less these days just um just rest CP down the stretch you're at least a top two seed most likely maybe like you'd really have to slip Tank to get it out, out it. yeah they are they, right? still three games ahead of um, <laughs> Golden State right now for the one seed I just rest them I th- I, but what's interesting is their their points differential is actually lower than Golden State but if you look at their clutch numbers it's ridiculous um I just popped it up they're 20 and three in the clutch and their net rating is plus 45. Now, obviously that's a, um, a, you know, a small sample size. And, you know, just because it's like the last five minutes of game within five points and stuff like that. But the next best team in the clutch is only a net rating of t- plus 22 and they're 45. So just think about that. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's CP three, right. And, and obviously Booker and the others, but, you know that's the thing that this team is great at they just they know how to win games they know how to play half court sets get good shots um and yeah just a really polished and just don't make any mistakes really yeah don't don't fall victim to the pressure like don't that's that's what that's what always ends up screwing like
1: young teams is that they minute 1 and minute 48 are truly different for them yeah. so you watch the suns play it's like it's it's tip Tip-off just happened the possession before for them the entire game, which is exactly what you need to be a team of this pedigree and treat it seriously. And that's why I think not many people are talking about them. They're giving me – this is such a lofty comparison. So, you know, Suns fans, please prepare to change your underwear. But, like, I'm really getting, like, like mid-2000s Spurs vibes from them this year in the sense of they're just winning games so – like handedly that it's not fun to talk about them because they're just doing everything right. They're not to me personally, I'd love to talk to a Suns fan and hear what they're concerned about when it comes to going into the playoffs, because obviously a fan of the team will always find something to be worried about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But to me, I've watched, I think of their 52 games, I think I've watched about a third of them and every game looks the same. (laughs) Like They're, doesn't matter who's on the court on the opposite end. They're going to just do their shit and do it to the nth degree. And it's been so impressive to watch. Like, I want to see them – because I don't cheer for a team. I just love basketball. I just always want to see the team that deserves it win. And mm-hmm. Phoenix, to me this year, really deserve it. Like, they have just kept it together so well. Um, they just seem like a very mature team, you know? Like Yeah,
0: no, no. And, and built for the playoffs. I, I think just to cap it off, I think – for me the only question is is they probably in a lot of series won't have the best player at the end. Yeah. And how does that affect because you know at the end of the day in the playoffs you know I mean the good thing is they they're really good at half court sets because of CP and just a really smart team but you know that's kind of why they lost like that's why they lost in the finals. Giannis was the best player in that series, right? Yeah. So I and mean, that's don't my answer for him. Like and that's think- and that and that's my worry but Overall, like I'm not worried that they're going to flame out and you know play poorly in the playoffs. I, I think mm. it's just more against a team that has you know, you no know, Booker's great, but is he a top ten player in the league? Maybe, but he'd be he'd be closer to ten than he would be to one, right? So yeah, um, I think and also
1: like Giannis is such a perfect counter to any team,
0: like, but it's not even Giannis, like it's like it'd be you know even in Golden State, I think Steph is better than the two, mm-hmm. although that can be argued. Like that's definitely it's, an argument. It's definitely if an argument, played, I think, or if they played the Nets, right? Um, no, that's that's yeah. why I want to get into the Nets now, just yeah. like for those strange perfect, reasons. but perfect. But again, that's the team where it's like Katie's the best player on the court, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's my worry about this team. Um is 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 that is really against Milwaukee or the Nets and even Golden State to a lesser extent.
1: Yeah, definitely. But let's you're right. Let's let's keep it going since you mentioned it so so perfectly. Like the Brooklyn Nets have been not what anybody anticipated coming into this year. Um you know, like it's I saw a disturbing stat that Harden has played more games as a net or has played more minutes as a net than Kyrie has. <laughs> and
0: he's only been there for what he's he came a, he, he came a season later.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so Kyrie had an entire season on him, and Harden has already lapped him when it comes to minutes played. Um, and like, I don't know. I can understand Harden's. Um, I can understand Harden's frustration. Like, you you come to this team expecting it to be a cohesive unit of really top notch stars, but KD is doing a ton of the heavy lifting. Harden was working through an injury earlier in the year. Um, and is only really getting his legs back under him, you know. And if he sends the
0: past yeah. couple months, like past month and a bit, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'll just like, I mean, they've lost seven in a row, they're two and eight, or I think they're lost nine out of 12. Um, they're right now in the let me just double check, they're right now in the sixth seed, but they're only a half game ahead of the Raptors who play. Um, a bunch of easy teams coming up and then they're only a game ahead of Boston for eight, only two games again, ahead of Charlotte. Uh, KD will come back, but that won't be until, you know, not for maybe another couple weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, James Harden just missed the last game. They played, they play the jazz who haven't been playing very well, but in Utah today, um, let's see if, if Harden plays um, out with, I think it was a calf injury, but, They could easily be um, a a playing team right now. Yeah. And all those teams are playing better and better. The Hawks have been going on a run. They've only been losing to the Raptors recently. um, But beating everyone else, beat the Suns. So I think this team's in disarray. I don't know what happens. The one kind of just mind-boggling thing about this team is that I guess they'd love to be the eighth seed so that they just play Kyrie as much as they can in the playoffs, uh, because of the um, lack of home court. Yeah, because of his vaccination status, which uh, we don't need to get into. But yeah, again, like that's the crazy thing, and you you know, there's there's all these rumors about Harden to maybe going to Philly and discontent, and then there's another report out saying KD it likes the team, uh, and is you know wants Harden to be there and. It just seems like a big mess. And and Joe Harris has been out for the whole year. doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. Who's, you know, they signed him to a big contract, but I mean, he played bad in the playoffs, but you know, that's another big rotate. That's your fifth starter, probably your fourth starter. Right. Yeah. So this team, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You could tell me they're going to win the championship. Kyrie won't get vaccinated, but they're the sixth seed and they just beat everyone in the East and, you know, figure a way out because Harden gets in shape and starts playing better and KD is KD. But you can tell me they lose in the first round to the Heat as the seventh seed. Like, I I just have no clue where this team's going, but, I mean... You watch them play and their offense is also very depressing
1: to watch. Like, it's clearly an offense built around three powerful isolation players. And so their actual, like... (laughs) sets half court sets that can easily generate a bucket are like very few and far between um they're running very like it's almost like watching a college offense in a way yeah um which is not going to win you an nba championship um especially because of the fact that like like i watch their sets like this is this is what to me differentiates a nets team from a phoenix team Phoenix gives up a 6-0 run, and then they can automatically run a set that will generate an easy layup for them. Brooklyn gives up a 6-0 run and then has to depend on some kind of insane Kyrie shot or James Harden shot or Kevin Durant shot. There's no easily generated bucket. Now, granted, those guys are walking buckets, so you can, in theory, throw them the ball and hope that they'll just make offense out of thin air but you're not going to win a championship off of players just fabricating offense they're going to go cold eventually yeah. um like Kyrie in his last game uh his splits were depressing um so like i just think it's it's unsustainable to think that it's that you're going to win long term like this now granted some of these really high level teams often hide pet plays until the playoffs But you still see them run them occasionally in the regular season as like a test, you know, like we always knew that when the Lakers first had LeBron and AD, that the pet play was going to be the LeBron AD pick and roll. Yeah. So they minimized running that in the regular season so that we could really so that teams couldn't scheme too well against it. Yeah. Um, but like what is the like the Harden KD pick and roll or the Kyrie KD pick and roll or Kyrie Harden pick and roll? Like, or what like what they need sets that also generate offense for the other players because while a team can't necessarily effectively stop KD, Kyrie, and Harden every single night, if you stop one of them effectively enough to the point where there's still a black hole on offense, like let's say harden goes cold one game. If Harden ends up going cold, but he's also four for 16, you can probably win that
0: game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of dis I kind of disagree with you on, on the idea of the sets. I think for me, like this team last year when they were all healthy for the two games or whatever, the yeah. first round against Boston, they look like the best offense I've ever seen in the league. Just because Harden is such a good, you know, facilitator, and then obviously Kyrie and KD. Are decent passers, but so deadly in ice. So, for me, there's two words. Obviously, the Kyrie vaccination status um, one hurts their chances of just being a decent seed, um, yeah. but also in the playoffs, who knows if he can even play half their games, right? Um, exactly. But then, for me, it's James Harden just as much, right? This is How the do you worst. Year. This is the worst <laughs> year statistically he's had since OKC, and probably the worst since his rookie year um you can you know quibble about it but it's definitely the worst since OKC which was 10 years ago (laughs) uh and I just don't he looks out of shape he looks disengaged disengaged he's not a good defender doesn't help you know they've you know they're and the thing is is that you know their past 10 games which is at least going to be probably the foreseeable future at least for another 10 games you know they're two and eight they're you know, 25th in net rating. Their defense is one of the worst in the league, and that's because of James Harden and and you know to a lesser extent Kyrie Irving. And and they put so much money into those guys. They don't have any role players, and the one role player they're playing paying at a decent amount, other than maybe pa- Patty Mills, is probably out in um, Joe Harris. So I I just think if they get healthy, I and and somehow Kyrie gets vaccinated or they just allow him to play at home for, you know, fine, commit commit a crime. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Then I still probably would pick them, but slightly, but think about it. Harden's been injured and out of shape the whole year. KD just got injured. I think he'll be back, but could he get injured again? I don't know. He was playing like 40 minutes a night. That's probably why he got injured. Kyrie can't play half the games. I just, I just think this team, there's no reason to bet any money on this team um but they could that's that's the kind of crazy thing is that they everything kind of came in line at the right time i'd be i just i'm less worried about the sets because they have so much talent that they'll get open shots right um now would you rather have it now but they're playing a bunch of g league players beside them essentially um so i get what you mean and, and i like steve nash in the milwaukee series last year um i like this coaching so uh, yeah i don't think steve nash is a
1: bad coach i just think he's being dealt a very difficult hand to deal with completely
0: agree completely um
1: especially because like you know like in a playoff series it all comes down to game to game adjustments really like obviously the players that you have on the court will change that dramatically but when two teams are evenly matched it's how teams adjust but if Going from game th- game two to game three means that now Kyrie
0: is out for two games in a row. Yeah,
1: no. that is a biblical just adjustment. A, just to get make. a
0: split and then went out on the on the on, on the, the road. road right? Yeah,
1: like give up you. So in theory, you want the Nets if you're a team facing the Nets, you want them to have home court advantage That's because crazy. because they won't have one of their best
0: players. That's insane to think about. Like. And yes. just like if they could slip to the nine or ten seed and that'd be perfect for them. They're just on the road the whole time in um, the play on which it, play in, which is just crazy. But, yeah, I, I I think, you know, when you think about Steve Nash as, you know, a player, you know, he was like a one man offense. And, and that's how I'm going to transition to the Dallas Mavericks with. Lincoln yeah. Um, unless there's anything else you wanted to add for the Nets. No.
1: No, I think uh, I think only time will tell. Like, I'm curious to see how this continues to manifest. I'm curious to see how James Harden continues to deal with this. Um, and like, yeah, I, I'd like to be proven wrong. I'd like to see this team be competitive, so that at least it results in interesting basketball. But I, they, I, they, I
0: yeah, I agree. Could I think see it—the it. <laughs> there's a, there's a glimmer of hope. I, I don't think it's for sure. I don't think it's like the Lakers, where I feel like could they win a round, maybe two, sure, but I don't think they're winning the championship. Um, I still think it's possible the Nets win, but overall, I, I think oh, you're, like, you're going to need someone. Less, to it's, it's less likely that you know; it's more likely they don't win it than they they do. Which I would have said the opposite starting the season.
1: Yeah, and you'd need you'd need someone like you would need James Harden or KD to like go thermonuclear during the yeah. playoffs, which is know?
0: possible. And and those three yeah, guys they, together, they have the potential. Those but... three guys together, even with Harden playing the way he is, is still a crazy offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so let's just get into Dallas and, and as our Game 7 and, and probably mm-hmm. the weirdest team who who were basically 500 to start the year have been playing much, much better um, recently. And, and mm-hmm. are they a good team or a really good team?
1: I, I think they're currently, in their current iteration, I think they're just a good team. Um, I think Dallas fans need to give up on expecting Reggie Bullock to take a leap further <laughs> than where he's at. <laughs> Uh, I think he's. Now that's that's a state. Reggie yeah. Bullock.
0: You know.
1: He's he's Reggie Bullock is good, but Dallas fans seem to be under the delusion that Reggie Bullock is going to take some some kind of extra leap and become like the god's very definition of a three and D player. Yeah, and he's not gonna be, in my opinion. I think he shows the flashes, and you should just expect him to be more of like a Danny Green, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense of or a late a late career Danny Green, wherein. He'll, he'll get you, like, 10, maybe 15 points on a good night, grab some rebounds, pass the ball around well, play some very competent defense, but has the potential on some nights to just catch fire, drop 25, um, and you'll win off that. But don't expect him to be consistently – like, Dallas fans seem to be under the delusion that he's suddenly going to become, like, a
0: 19-5-5 a yeah. player. He's <laughs> averaging seven points a game on – Thirty-four percent from three, forty percent from the field. He had twenty points, um, <laughs> I think, last night or the night before. But exactly, still, I I completely agree. I, I think and Luca's defense, um, dude. Luca, now, sorry, I I just because I, no, no. I mentioned it
1: before about the the wasted energy thing. Luca already has the build of every Seven Eleven employee on planet Earth. <laughs> um, you know, he was he's not the most physically talented NBA player, but that was never why anybody loved him. But it is, it is rearing its head at the highest degree now when teams are targeting him on defense. Like he's, he's like got like that Steph
0: Curry type syndrome of like, and that's why I think this team's interesting because I I agree. They do target him on defense and why not? He's not a good defender and, and you know, get him tired more so on, Def- on uh on defense so that he's tied for offense and he hasn't been in good shape and he's admitted it but the crazy mm-hmm. thing is this team's like fifth in defense and like 19th in offense and you would have expected the exact opposite going into the year you yeah. know I think, you know kp has had probably his best defensive year his numbers have been the best defense since he was actually a really good defensive player in new york before he tore his acl mm-hmm. and he, he's been much better than last year and and probably comparable to the year before, um, but still doesn't shoot efficiently. Um isn't yeah. shooting the three well. I think it's 30%, if that. And Hardaway just got injured for basically out for the year with their um with a I think he broke his leg, but or he, he fractured his foot. I think he yeah, had a fracture there his you go. foot. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I think with this team it, it's really weird because you'd think Luka's is a top five offense in the league just by himself, right? Just mm-hmm. the shots he creates for you. Um and Brunson's been really good 16 and 5 and been shooting over 50. percent But that's I don't really trust their defense, right? Like they have some decent defenders, look like at Dorian Finney Smith, Bullock, as you mentioned, you know, good good to really good defenders in, in, in uh Dorian Finney Smith, but you know, KP and, and Luca are bad to decent, so I I don't really know how that's happening. Um, that could just be some luck, um, and, and and just playing good team defense. Like yeah. as long as you're funneling correctly and everyone, and, and that's what they've done. They have a lot of smart players, right? Um, yeah.
1: So I think they're, they're compensating for some deficiencies, but I think I think what also like KP KP hitting a stride. I expected that to happen this year. It mm-hmm. on average, it always takes yeah. a new a a, a a marquee player. So like not just yeah. a role player who's being integrated, but someone who the offense is going to start generating. M- a multiple sets a quarter for um mm-hmm. it takes about two years for them to adjust to the new team yeah so I expected that it would take some time and I he's hitting a stride about on pace but I think the the leap is gonna be they need to they need to really p- pick up like a this is gonna be a throwback name but they need to pick up like an Andre Roberson type player like yeah
0: play- I, I, you know
1: or like a Dort. Or well, man, OKC really loves their <laughs> their offens- offensively yeah. deficient defenders, but like, yeah. you know, like they need to pick up someone whose whole role is to guard the guy that Luca would be guarding if Luca was a good defender. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I, I, mean, I think like, like I think if we want to really talk about this team and 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 it's you know, it's not. I think what they're missing is a really good wing player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it could be a shot. It doesn't have to be necessarily a score. It could be a, you know, a really good like creator as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jalen Brunson does a really good job. Um, but is he going to be an all-star? Probably not. Um, for me, you know, I think for this team going forward, why I find them so interesting, why I think this is a really good game seven is they're clearly becoming a good team, Right. Yeah, they're, they're making and all Luka the right. Is time. awesome, although he's having his worst year since his rookie year. Yeah. But still, he's a, like, look at what he did in the playoffs last year. I think he can do that. And he's been out of shape, but he's getting in a little bit better shape. Um, but is how can they go to being a really good playoff team to championship level? And for me, that's going to be really interesting because they have Jalen Brunson right now who's an expiring contract in ufa who they can they could lose for nothing right and he's, yeah and he's he's been really important like,
1: to them when lucas sits because yeah their offense stagnates when lucas
0: sits and, and John brunson's the only thing that gives it just enough life and, to, and Luca to was out Luca was out for a while and they were winning games like they weren't as good obviously as when he was playing but they weren't sliding to the bottom as you'd think, right? As you yeah. you mentioned. And Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, he's not really going to do much for you offensively. He has been shooting well, but, you know, is really your typical 3 and D guy. So he can get a lot of money and he's a UFA too. Yeah, um, And for me personally, if I was this team, I'd, you know, KP's playing well, I'd trade him and then try to get, you know, assets. And obviously you get some cap flexibility um, and try to find another t- a number two player like a Bradley Beal could you get him because I think he'd you know I don't think he's the perfect player Um, but that kind of player alongside Luca, I think vaults him into really a championship contender
1: I wish there was some way that Dallas doesn't have the assets to but in my mind the perfect player to complement this team would be Jeremy Grant really oh, well who are you giving up that's exactly it. Like they don't have, they, they can't give it up. Like they, they don't have the assets to match contract and match salary and to justify
0: it in terms of level of skill. So it's, a, it's literally an impossible trade. I I'm th- just saying, th- you a- know, uh, I think I, th- I get your point. I, th- I disagree. I just don't think he's as good. Um, Like could, he's obviously like, let's say you traded hard away. Uh, who's an expire or has a bad contract and like two firsts or something like lightly protected for, um no,
1: no that's the thing nobody their team is pretty cheap uh
0: yeah but so, like, but let's say you just take it like make that trade or something like that yeah right? somehow yeah. yeah um which i think is not impossible if you just lightly protect picks and give like two um which i don't think i just don't think,
1: think i just don't think i just don't think uh he moves like yeah jeremy, but, jeremy but is, the
0: thing with jeremy grand is he's a good player but i don't think he's an all-star level player um mm-hmm. and he's still kind of he's not He's not young anymore. He's like 27 or something like that. So um, for me, I think they need a better player. They needed like an all NBA capable kind of player. Interesting. Um, And and I think, you know, it could be a big. um, I just like, I don't think Domas would be a great fit. It'd be like a slightly better KP. um, And I don't really think that moves the needle because he's not a great defender. Um, I think just another ball creator, like basically a better Jalen Brunson. Yeah, like an all star level. I really like Jalen Brunson. It's not. And that's why I think this team's so interesting is because they're kind of in a malaise where you have a top five player in the league, but you're not clearly on your way to win a championship, but you're not clearly on your way to being able to rebuild around them. If that makes sense, you've already spent Mm -hmm. the money, traded the draft assets. And where does it go? And, um, and, you know, I think some people in Mavs land probably think this team's good enough to win the championship based on, they look better than they did last year. And they're, you know, how, how well they pushed the Clippers in the playoffs, you probably would win the championship. If Kawhi didn't get hurt? Right. Yeah. Um, so I, but I just think offensively, they don't have enough and defensively, I don't believe their defense enough. Um, uh, uh-huh. I just don't. They don't just don't have the players to be a top five defense um, consistently. Like KP is okay. good, Finney Smith, but they only really have one elite defender, right? And and yeah. just, in the playoffs, you get exposed. You just run Luca and pick and rolls all the time. Get KP chasing out on the perimeter, and and like a yeah. really good team like the Suns exposes them. So pretty much, pretty much
1: a team a team that knows how to really attack those pressure points and exploit them, like. Any team can can scout ahead, but it's the ability to actually take advantage of those weak points that mm-hmm. separates them. And I think Dallas. Look, I'm I'm open to the idea of being wrong, and that KP will suddenly because KP is the where their defense defensive consistent defensive consistency lives and dies. Mm-hmm. Um, if KP cannot be a consistent defender and stay engaged for all 48 minutes of defense then I don't see them doing much by way of like playoffs, but because Luca's Luca's improvement is, is going to be necessary for, for his long-term success, like as a, as a player. Yeah. Um, but if just zeroing in on the season, I don't think Luca's is going to suddenly become a plus defender over the course of the next 30 games. And then the playoffs Yeah, Um, he's been in better shape. I hope he does. He needs to get in better shape. And Luca's defensive fundamentals are crap, and that's something to say coming from a lay schmuck like me. And I don't, and I don't really hardcore diss NBA players like that. But man, Luca's defensive fundamentals are very poor. Like he, he has the biggest problem he has, is the, the like stupid ass micro movements that he does. He's always. Like he's got such happy feet on defense, which always results in him getting cooked and then he just sells. Luca is the biggest seller on defense of any Mm -hmm. star player I've seen in a while. People always try and use LeBron James as an example, but LeBron James is like a senior citizen by NBA standards. Like, yeah, the man, the man I'll give him the leeway to sell, given that like, just off of his extra playoff games alone, he's played like four extra seasons. So, fuck it um Luca like has no excuse to be selling like the moment he gets blown by it's
0: hands on his hips time you know it's like what the fuck dude yeah and (laughs) yeah so I don't know I think this team overall will be like I don't want to play them in the playoffs no matter who I am just because of what happened last year yeah Um, they're, they're always the thing is they're they're too scrappy to ever give anybody an easy time yeah and Luca's just too good um yeah but uh, i think i think this team is good but not really good but we'll see you know like he hasn't won a playoff si- series which i know for some people is a huge thing um and they hold it against him i wouldn't but wow. uh he's still that, young. but the thing with him is if if he's he will probably be the best player on the court for every series in my opinion um mm. in the western conference um you know, like just like his, you know, if he plays his best basketball, I think he's better than anyone else. So, again, that kind of goes back to our our, our Phoenix discussion is does that outweigh um, how bad the team or how good the rest of the other team is compared to the Mavs who are decent? But yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think he has
1: the. I don't like if anything, the closest thing I can say about Luca, or the nicest thing I could say about Luca is that I expect him to follow the almost exact same early career trajectory of LeBron James. Interesting. If in on his in his best, like I think if Luca performs to his best, but I think you see, that's the thing. Young LeBron James was more engaged of a defender. I hate this argument. I hear I hear coach like Coach turned sideline commentators bring it up all the time. And I hate it. Uh, because I don't think any of these guys lack this innate trait of like they always say good defenders, they get they get offended by bad defensive plays on their part. Mm-hmm. Like if someone blows by them, they take that personally, you know, and he's like, and, and I, like, I've heard a lot of like the like Van Michael. Gundy's and shit say so like like what? Yeah, like Michael, like, like Michael I takes it I personally. Take it personally,
0: yeah. Yeah, I took it personally. Yeah, yeah.
1: and like Or, like, the Rudy Gobert's and the Draymond's and the Embiid's all, like, take it personally when someone tries to stunt on them on offense. Yeah. And they say, like, oh, Luca doesn't have that. It's like, no, man, you're not going to make it to the highest echelon of a sport without having a nearly psychotic competitive mentality.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I don't – I feel like I don't hear that that much. I think with him, it's, like, he has the body to be a decent – like, he's big – He's what six eight, six nine, uh, maybe more like six eight, but his, his lateral footwork is abysmal, dude. He yeah, the thing side side side. is, is that like the bigger you are, the better you can kind of get away, um, as a defender, at least slightly. You're just longer, you know. So, I mean, I agree. Like, I, I don't think he's a good defender, and I think, you know, I think that's why he could, you know, I think talent offensively, he's as talented a player as there's maybe ever been. Um, individual talent offensively yeah um but you know he's never going to be a a plus defender i don't think so that's that's kind of his ceiling in a sense but um they'll be interesting to see who dallas plays and and if they lose early what do they do because i think this team has a lot of big decisions to make in the offseason
1: absolutely something for you and for any of the listeners is homework there's something i want you to keep an eye on when it comes to watching a dallas right. game because okay. this this struck me i was like what the fuck and i think someone else needs to see it too and tell me if i'm crazy there was a play i think it was either last night or the night before all the basketball games were together because just always on in my house um there was a steal that Luca made with like the the classic park move of like trying to draw a charge causing yeah. the player to like Mishandle the ball, and then you just tip, poke it out and, and get the steal. Mm-hmm. He did one of those, and then when he needed to change direction abruptly from going towards his own basket to now he got the steal, so he needs to change yeah. direction 180 degrees and run the other way. Mm-hmm. Dude, it looked so lumbering. <laughs> looked like I the think, like but- it
0: looked like Embiid doing it. Yeah, but Embiid's—I don't know if Embiid's lumbery. He's just big. I, but that's, I, but that's exactly my qualm. That's my qualm,
1: yeah. though. Like Embiid looks lumbering when he has to abruptly change directions, unexpectedly, like not through a move that he's doing in the post, but yeah. like unexpected change of possession. So suddenly, I've got to change my entire momentum the other way. Luca moves like a more like a center than a guard which is,
0: I feel like that's just as much a byproduct of him being out of shape though. Like I feel like
1: that's exactly, no, no, and
0: that's on him, but I feel like it's, yeah, like he needs to get in better shape. I think that's, yeah, and, like mechan- games and him, right? yeah, he
1: needs to get in shape, and then have someone really fine tune his mechanics. Like once yeah, he's yeah. in shape, he needs his mechanics touched up. Because, like I said, dude, mechanically, this dude. I feel like basically- if
0: you have that good of footwork um, and like body control for for you know movement, I think you can be it on defense. Like that's just me, I guess. But um... the problem is, the problem is, is that
1: when it's coming on offense, this because I was never an offensively gifted player. I was definitely much more defensively gifted. The difference is. On defense, it's reactive. Like, yeah, no, you can know it. where they're going because of the set that they're running. But ultimately, like, Luca's footwork is very beautiful and very well put together when he's going through a move that he knows. Yeah. But when he has to respond to a player throwing mm-hmm. moves at him, mm-hmm. his, foot's, his footwork is all over the fucking place. Like, he's not taking full advantage of his already inherent skill in that department.
0: Yeah. No, um. yeah
1: And so I think and it's 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 like off-season level dedicate the whole off-season to this type thing, not mm-hmm. uh something that can be tweaked. I think I think he can tweak it to the point like if he's got the Giannis level dedication, when I remember Giannis's free throws where he basically <laughs> Capped off the season last year by shooting like eighty yeah. percent in the it final 17 game,
0: seventeen of nineteen or something like
1: that. Yeah, some some horrifically beautiful thing like that was that was Disney movie level writing. So like, if Luca has that level of discipline to his defensive game, where by the time the playoffs roll around, he can be a neutral defender, I will be very happy with him. And I think
0: that would show up. Th- th- and I think he can be that. Um, but yeah, that I, I think too. overall. It'll be it'll hopefully a good, uh, fun playoff run for the the Mavs, Same, and hopefully yeah,
1: they're always must see television in the playoffs. Yeah, so ultimately, yeah. I'm going to be watching and hoping for the best. Like at the end of the day, I think both of you and I just want to see people do well. So when we see yeah. people doing poorly,
0: it's because, damn it, we know you're capable of more. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> of course. I, mean, I think that's that's again, um, if this team takes a leap and goes unexpectedly, it's probably because of of Luca himself, right? Yeah but I mean uh, I guess just to wrap up like do you want to hit our little tidbits or do you want to save that for I think we've been gone for
1: yeah we've
0: we've gone for quite a while Um,
1: yeah we had some some side stuff that we'll just we can just mention that we are aware of it and think it's interesting Um, I think the big trade between the Portland Trailblazers and the Clippers really it deserves its own it deserves its own discussion because of to me personally, this says a lot about what the Blazers are doing right now.
0: Yeah. yeah no. And I mean, just to, for the listeners, like if they didn't know, like Doran Powell, I think it was yesterday or the day before. It was the day before now. Was traded for, for, um, and him and Robert covered, Covington were traded for Bledsoe. Who was the other two pieces? It was Bledsoe, Keon Johnson. I forget the other guy, and a, and a second round pick. So, um, yeah, really weird trade. They only got a second rounder for, Powell and Covington, um, they got off Powell's money, who's owed another like I think eighty million after this year. Yeah, Justice so, Justice Sw- Winslow is the third Justice player. Winslow. Yeah, yeah. But um, for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I just think you can get better assets for it. But
1: Blazers, fact, Blazers
0: are Blazers are blowing it up, Matt. Blazers. Yeah, are blowing yeah, it up. and I'd expect CJ to not necessarily move because, but they're if gonna- they trade Powell and Covington for this. Then maybe you trade CJ for just cap space or something. I that's don't know. exactly
1: what they're going to do. They're going to trade. Um, they're going to trade CJ for picks and
0: and like cheap one yeah. year
1: contracts. Yeah.
0: So and it will, it will be. Interesting. Want to push Dame out? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. But that's um, I mean, I think if it's them, I'd trade Damus. You know, get him back, let him play healthy, get up his stock a little bit, and then trade him immediately and and just blow it up. Yeah, um, I think they're trying to force Dame out. Is my conspiracy theory? I think Dame yeah. is too too
1: committed to the grind. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and so, who knows? And um, so they want to just blow the team up around him to the point where he realizes, like, oh, this is not a competitive environment anymore, like it was when I arrived.
0: And yeah, I mean, then, he, he was he was room like he was saying weird cryptic stuff on, you know, the summer about getting traded. So I don't know, but I mean, going forward to, to Thursday, that's when the trade deadline is. Um a lot of people in the air, you know, that could be traded. We'll we'll definitely touch upon it on our next pod. I think we're gonna do yeah. a that half exact- reactionary next- pod, um, and half of just continuing uh Same- the weekly game seven, right? So yeah, um, but that's ex- excited to look forward to that and hopefully um
1: and well, I know you had uh, a I know you had a tidbit about the Raptors you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I just
0: wanted to say for the Raptors fans, I mean um they've just been playing really well one five in a row five and seven nights and one five in a row against all like good teams so um they're looking like the team that could really be a really tough out um and just exciting to see akham and fred and gary and all those guys play really well and scotty's still playing well but yeah i would have gone more into more but um Mm -hmm. just excited to be a raptors fan right now and uh, hopefully um yeah you
1: guys you you guys are going to give a team a
0: hell of a first round battle like i think you're, we're, play, we're playing in playoff rotations right now we only play eight people so um, yeah like i i, I it's, see it's, the raptors getting bounced in the first round i don't think they've got the the talent to really push beyond round one i, I think it depends on the matchup but i i mean I, yeah. I don't see them winning more than a round if that but i mean uh, if the
1: raptors if the raptors are in the bottom half of the the one through eight seating i don't see them really beating any of the one of the top four uh eastern conference teams like Unless it's unless
0: Boston somehow becomes a top eight four team, but no, they could, but um, yeah, anyway, so it's it, it's yeah. it'll be an interesting thing, but I think the trade deadline will um give us much more clarity as to who's you know a buyer and seller, and with the play in, there's less sellers just because you know the Kings could make the play in and be happy that they made the playoffs, although they didn't make the playoffs because they're just gonna lose um yeah. the play in, but uh, anyways, Something. it's been a, been a really fun podcast, um. Yeah. Good to touch up on on, uh, everything that's happening in the NBA. And um, thanks, listeners, as uh, our our dear friend Kieran would say. um, Thank you, listeners, (laughs) um, for the first uh, weekly Game 7.
1: Yeah, thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoy. We'll see you next week.